consider that communication started out non-verbally. In our earliest histories, before the development of language, humankind most likely communicated by gestures, simple sounds, and facial expressions. In fact, from the moment a baby is born, it instinctively makes the faces to communicate that it is cold, hungry, or frightened. We never need to be taught how to read basic gestures or understanding tones of a voice. This is because nonverbal communication was our first communication and may still be our preferred form. 64,000 is the median number of words per book. Average person reads about 200 words per minute. Simple math will tell us that is one book in 320 minutes. To accomplish this in seven days, numbers say you would have to read for 45 minutes a day. forget to subscribe, hit that notification button, like, comment, and share. Enjoy. Welcome to the Book of the Week series. Every week, as I read another amazing title, I share it with the world. My name is Igor S.F. Walker, and today we look at how to extract info, secrets, and truth by Patrick King. Make people reveal their true thoughts and intentions without them even knowing it. So how about you slow down and relax, reduce all that noise for just a bit, make that choice, and decide to listen. In this video we look at the power of observation, how to master questioning techniques to your advantage, and seeing what we can learn from interrogators, interviewers, and even cold readers and psychics. Stick around till the end, I will share with you some tools I do have in use that will help you tremendously in this game of life. Discover a way to find out what actually motivates you, what innate human need is driving all of your decisions and your behavior. I will share some tools to improve your self-awareness, social awareness, self-management, and relationship management. According to Ekman, Facial expressions are actually psychological reactions. These expressions occur even when you are not around anyone who could see them, and he found that across cultures, people used micro-expressions to display their emotions on their faces in very predictable ways, even when they are attempting to conceal them, or even when they themselves are unaware of the emotions. Contractions of certain muscle groups that are predictably related to emotions and are the same in all the people, regardless of upbringing, background, or cultural expectation. Macro expressions can be to some extent forced or exaggerated, but micro expressions are understood to be more genuine and more difficult to fake or else suggestive of concealed or rapidly changing emotions. The first is the pyramidal tract, responsible for voluntary expressions, i.e. most macro expressions. And the extrapyramidal tract, 
responsible for involuntary emotionally, emotional facial expressions, i.e. micro-expressions. Researchers have discovered that individuals who experience intense emotional situations, but also external pressure to control or hide that expression, will show activity in both of these brain pathways, pyramidal pathways. According to Ekman, there are six universal human emotions, all with corresponding minuscule facial expression. Happiness is seen in lifted cheeks, with the corners of the mouth raised up and back. Wrinkles appear under the eyes, between the upper lip and the nose, and in the outside corner of the eyes. In other words, the movements we are all familiar with when an ordinary smile are there on a micro level too. Micro expressions suggesting sadness are also what you would expect. The outer corner of the eyes droops down along with the corners of the lips. The lower lip may even tremble. Eyebrows may form a telltale triangle shape for the emotion of disgust. The upper lift lifts and it may be accompanied by wrinkles above it and wrinkles on the forehead. The eyes may narrow slightly and the cheeks are actually raised. <coughs> for anger, eyebrows lower and tense up, often at a downward angle. Eyes do the two and the lips may be pursed and held stiffly open. The eyes are staring and piercing. Fear, on the other hand, entails similar contractions but upward. Whether open or closed, the mouth is tense and both upper and lower eyelids are lifted. Finally, surprise, shock, will show itself in elevated brows, rounded rather than triangular, like with sadness. The upper eyelids lift up and the lower eyelids stretch downward, opening the eyes wide. Sometimes the jaw can hang loosely. Shock. First, look for discrepancies between what is said and what is actually demonstrated through facial expressions. Other classic indicators that you are being lied to include lifting the shoulders slightly while someone is vehemently confirming the truth of what they are saying, scratching their nose, moving the head to the side, avoiding eye contact, uncertainty in speaking and general fidgeting also indicate someone's internal reality is not exactly lining up with the external, i.e. they might be lying. Discrepancies in micro-expressions can actually indicate discomfort, nervousness, stress or tension without deception being involved. Now, armed with an understanding of how body language works, 
we can not only open up new channels in which to communicate with others, but pay attention to our own bodies and the messages that we are and that we may be unwittingly sending to the others. It's the more primitive, emotional, and perhaps honest part of our brain, the limbic brain, that is responsible for these automatic responses. While the prefrontal cortex, the more intellectual and abstract part of our brain, is a little removed from the body, and it is more under conscious control, it is also the part that is capable of lying. But even though a person can say one thing, their bodies will always speak the truth. People can say whatever they like, but it has always been understood that actions speak louder than words, and that people's facial expression or body language can inadvertently reveal their deepest selves. We are, in effect, communicating all the time, sending out information about our intentions and our feelings with only a small fraction of this is actually verbal. <clears throat> Pacifying behavior is an important underlying principle across all of body language theory, that limbs and gestures may signal unconscious attempts to protect and defend the body. When you consider that the torso contains all the body's vital organs, you can understand why the limbic brain has reflex responses to shield this area when threats are perceived, even emotional threats. The next time you meet someone new, lean in to shake their hand, and then watch what they do with their entire body. If they stand their ground and stay where they are, they're demonstrating comfort with the situation, with you and with themselves. Taking a step back, whoa, or turning the entire torso and feet to the side suggests that you may have gotten too close for their comfort. They may even take a step closer, signaling that they are happy with the contact and may even escalate it further. The general principle is pretty obvious. The bodies expand when they are comfortable, when they're happy and when they're dominant. They contract when unhappy, fearful, or threatened. Bodies move toward what they like and away from what they do not like. <coughs> the trick comes in in using not just one or two, but a whole host of clues and tales and tells to form a more comprehensive picture of behavior. The reason why it is so difficult to spot a lie with perfect accuracy is that the gestures and expressions associated with deceptions 
are often not different from those signifying stress or discomfort. Mirroring is a fundamental human instinct. We tend to match and mimic the behavior expressions of those that we agree with, that we like, that we want to be with. While we do not, if we dislike the person and we perceive them negatively, pay attention to energy. This is not some fluffy, esoteric idea. In a group, simply take note of where intention, effort, and focus are being concentrated. Watch where energy flows. Sometimes the leader of the group is only so in name. The real power may lie elsewhere. The most powerful voice in the room is not necessarily the loudest. Who speaks the most? Who are people always speaking to and how? Who always seems to take center stage? Remember that body language is dynamic. It is about how we talk. Do we say a lot or a little? What tone of a voice? Are sentences long and complicated or short and to the point? Is everything phrased tentatively like a question? Or is it stated confidently as thought and it is a known fact? What's the speed of delivery? How loud? Is it clear or is it mumbling? Context is everything, and it bears repeating. No gesture occurs in a vacuum. Nonverbal communication needs to be considered in relation to everything else, just like verbal communication. Remember that everyone has their own unique idiosyncratic personality. There are no quick and easy tricks to understand people's deeper motivations. However, remember these principles and then focus on honing your powers of observation. And you will soon develop a knack for seeing and understanding even tiny ripples and flutters of behavior that you might have previously missed. That what is inside a person will invariably manifest itself somehow on the outside of a person. What really is the distinction between the words and the lips that do say them? The body and the gestures that the body makes. What is the distinction? Consider the entire human body, the limbs, the face, the posture, the clothing, the hair, the hands and fingers, everything. Can you see a cluster of closed-off defensive gestures? Is someone trying to display power, strength, and dominance? Or are they just confident? Is the person in front of you trying to show that they are trustworthy? Or that they have a truly valuable thing to sell you? Salesman's body language. Or that they are greeting you with true openness and respect. We use two types of facial expression, micro and macro expressions. 
macro expressions are larger, slower, and more obvious. They are also routinely faked and consciously created. Now, micro expressions are the opposite of all of these things. Incredibly quick, almost unperceivable, and unconscious. It is possible to extract loads of useful information from people merely by using the power of observation. Observation allows you to gather the low-hanging fruit when it comes to information about people. A lot of what you want to know is right there for the seeing. Questions, however, takes things a step further. Actively elicit information people. Note merely observing their reactions to their environment, but creating a stimulus that then they respond to. The most skillful form of questioning, as you can probably guess, is subtle and natural. So it is never actually detected. Through innocent questioning, we can uncover a host of information that represents an entire world view or a set of values. Number one, what kind of a prize would you work hardest for and what punishment would you work hardest to avoid? The answer to this question might help identify the true motive behind an individual's drive. Number two, where do you want to spend money and where do you expect skimping on or skipping it altogether? This answer reveals what matters to someone's life and what they want to experience or actually avoid. Number three, what is your most personally significant and meaningful achievement and also your meaningful disappointment or failure? It is common that experiences, whether they're good or bad, shape people into who they are. Achievements and failures tie directly into how someone sees oneself. Number four, what is effortless and what is always exhausting? This is a question that is designed to better understand what people actually enjoy. Something that is effortless isn't always an innate talent, but rather an indication that they enjoy it. On the other hand, something that is always exhausting is not always about people's lack of competency, but rather a distaste for the actual activity. Number five, if you could design a character in a game, what traits would you emphasize and which would you ignore? This question asks what people see as their ideal self and also what they feel is less important in the world. Number six, what charity would you donate millions to if you could, if you had to? Answering this question forces one to answer what they care about in the world and at large rather than just in their own life. Number seven, what animal describes you best? The great thing about this question 
is that it is a very personal inquiry hidden in plain sight. People are far more comfortable talking about certain traits they admire in others than they are about talking directly about themselves. Number eight, what is your favorite movie? This perhaps is as obvious on the surface as previous one, but many people do not stop to think, truly think about the huge amounts of information that are being offered when people share things like their favorite meals. With this question, people are really sharing with you the narratives and stories they are drawn to in these films, which shows you in deep way what their inner moral universe looks like, how they think of the good and the bad guys, or even how they envision their own grand story as it unfolds. Number nine, what would you rescue from a fire in your home? You know the drill. Your entire home is burning, and you can only go in, run, and fetch one single treasured item, no more. This is another question that taps deeply into a person's most fundamental values and priorities. And number 10, what scares you most? Many of the above questions are focused on values, principles, priorities, desires. But of course, you can also learn a lot about a person by what they actively avoid, detest, and fear. This tells you not only what they do value, but also how they see themselves. Putting questions into context. Putting your questions into context. Recall that the idea is to gather so much information as possible, but also as many different kinds of information so that we can find broad patterns that do help us understand people more deeply. One tendency is towards recognition or social connection. Use compliments or accurate observations to foster a rapport with someone or strengthen your connection. You can also elicit information by encouraging people to complain, and in doing so, reveal something previously hidden, or else tap into the human need to correct someone's error. Skillfully, most people cannot resist joining in on a complaint session, or correcting an error that you make. Playing dumb or using naivete or even ignorance, will also encourage some people to try and educate you and share vital information, especially since you will seem so non-threatening. Finally, one technique is to say something quite dramatic, to shift the window and then act as though nothing has happened. Suddenly, you may well elicit a revealing response. Silence can also be used effectively since it encourages people to fill the gap with the information that you want to know. <clears throat> Active listening, using eye contact, building trust and credibility are best suited to situations when you want people to confide in you, open up about a secret or share their true feelings. Think of them as ways to create more intimacy and remove barriers to sharing information. Trust has been shown to work in linear fashion. The more you see someone, the more you trust them, regardless of interaction or depth. Credibility 
is a notch above trust. Trust is about people feeling that they can believe you, and credibility is where people also feel that they can rely on you. Eye contact is essential for building trust. If you are unable to use eye contact, people will find you untrustworthy. You can build rapport and connection in many ways. For example, by restating, reflecting, summarizing, labeling emotion, probing gently. Avoid giving advice, lecturing, sermoning, or judging. Active listening techniques are best used when you would like someone to open up with you and share their true feelings. We can improve our information extraction skills by following some of the techniques used by fake psychics and when they actually do cold reading. General principles for cold reading include being subtle, open-ended, and allowing the other person to guide you without them realizing that you are not doing anything magical but merely working with the information that they are providing you with. A key principle in cold reading is to pay attention to reactions of all kinds, including nonverbal ones, to take our information extraction to the next level. We can use lighter, more relaxed versions of the interrogation techniques practiced by the law enforcement. One key approach is to lower the person's defenses by not appearing to them as a threat. The Colombo technique relies on this impression of casualness so that a question can be sneakily slipped in and answered while the person's guard is down. Play dumb. Ask people to repeat themselves and maintain a degree of plausible deniability. The false replay technique aims to confuse and disorient a liar and get them to slip up or confess. You repeat back their story, but make a mistake with a crucial detail, and then you watch their reaction. A liar is most likely to ignore it, while a truth-teller will correct you. Leading questions are typically closed questions that guide a person's response to where you suspect the truth lies. A question can be made without a built-in assumption, or you could lead a person with priming statements or question tags. Being provocative is a great way to destabilize someone and then observe their reactions. Disproportionate anger, fear, or distraction indicate you have hit a nerve. The golden rule is to gauge a person's complete response to a question, not just their verbal answer. Use questions to trigger an emotional reaction and then analyze this in context. And there you have it. How to extract info, secrets, and Truth by Patrick King. 
Now, please do help out. It is easy. Simply like this video so more people can enjoy it. Share it too. Share it. Spread the word. Leave a comment and share your thoughts. Subscribe to my channel and stay up to date. And the link to this book is in the description below. So you buy it and you read and you never stop learning, especially learning about yourself and nature. So gift yourself by taking the free human needs test on my website and find out what actually motivates you. What innate human need is driving all of your decisions and your behavior. And if you feel you are ready to improve your self-awareness, social awareness, self-management and relationship management even further, do check out my Master of Life Awareness program. The links are in the description below. Thank you. Love and respect.